everybody. We're the cast of Fun City and Float City. I am your host, or in this game, The Keeper, Jen De La Vega. The Keeper! The Keeper! <laughs> Who else is here? Well, the unkept... <laughs> <laughs> Joining the unkept, I don't know what you call the other people in this game, <laughs> is uh, Shannon O'Dell. Woo! Wow. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Jen. It's me, Bijan, your, your favorite. Uh, yeah, your favorite. Hi, your, your I'm favorite. Here too. You're just your favorite. <laughs> Very excited to, uh, to get down and dirty with some Brindlewood Bay. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. So we will be playing a special mini-series for you using the tabletop role-playing game Brindlewood Bay, written by Jason Cordova. We'll be following the antics of a group of elderly women, members of the local Murder Mavens Mystery Book Club, who frequently find themselves investigating and solving real-life murder mysteries. They also become increasingly aware that supernatural forces connect the cases they are working on. This game is directly inspired by the television show Murder, She Wrote, but also takes inspiration from the works of H.P. Lovecraft, cozy crime dramas, and American TV shows from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Do y'all have a favorite kind of cozy murder show? <laughs> That's a really good question. I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I used to watch a lot of um, like detective shows, like British detective shows with my mom when I was a kid. But so, oh my so, gosh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't name a single one of them, but I do remember <laughs> very much enjoying the plotting. I'm currently loving White Lotus, which is a murder mystery. And it's is it at really? its core. Yeah. I didn't know that starts with the murder every season. Oh, cool. Well, I might have to get into it. Uh, my favorite is actually Quincy, which is a medical crime drama. Uh, sorry, I forget his name. This this will be for the chat show. <laughs> we'll do our research and look it up. But we're really excited to get into this. Friends, let's go to Brindlewood Bay. Let's cut to the opening credits. So we're actually going to use part of the game to create the opening credits. Ooh. Yeah. So we fade into drone camera footage, slowly circling an island, not unlike your Nantuckets or Martha's Vineyards, like Vashon Island, you know the type. Interspersed with visuals of landmarks, we get snapshots of our mavens in the midst of their cozy activity. So let's start with Bijan. What is the name of your character, and what are they doing in the opening credits? You know, that's an excellent question. Uh, my character's name is uh, Hyacinth Carter. She's she's hard at work, uh, and as the camera pans down, feeling we see she's in the corner of a little studio, sitting at a pottery wheel, trying oh. uh, unsuccessfully to make a bowl. Oh my gosh, so cute. Uh, interspersed with that. What's this? There are tiny lights inside the disused lighthouse? Why, it's our maven snooping around. Sheriff Dalrymple jumps out and they get scared. They pose, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shannon, what about you? What is the name of your character and what are they doing in the opening credits? So the camera pans to a shelf that's filled with awards and we see a feather duster dusting it and connected to that feather duster is the most beautiful old Hollywood starlet you've ever seen. This is Maxine Mabel. And as Ooh. she continues to dust 
she hits the end of the shelf where she turns and glances at herself in the mirror where she gives a really like a million dollar smile Hollywood red carpet pose. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Extravagance. (laughs) Another scene in the opening credits. The Mavens are now chasing a runaway shopping cart at the local grocery store and catch it before it hits someone's car. They dab their foreheads with hankies and pose and laugh. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like we do a lot of posing in this. It's yeah. credits, you know? I mean, you got it. Right. And, uh, the opening credits of like an 80s, 90s oh, yeah. sitcom. You got it. You got it. Got, we I got just, antics. We got antics, yeah. We're getting up to some, some stuff. Let's say that it's Hyacinth is polishing a bar mug now with a fake mustache on. Maxine <laughs> is sitting at the bar and is laughing as she helps fix the mustache. Uh, they toast and pose again. <laughs> I love this duo. Um, and a question. Out of the two of you, who has a patio? I think I definitely probably have a patio. Yeah. Alright. Uh, Maxine has the patio. Okay. In the final scene of the opening credits, uh, you both are sitting on Maxine's patio with piles of mystery books and cups of tea. By the way, ladies, what is your favorite tea? Uh, wow. Uh, you don't. You don't have to agree either. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent question. You know, because um, I think it's. Hold on. What's that fancy tea brand from England? Earl Grey. I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, to me, Earl Grey is fancy. Okay. Oh yes, Fortnum and Mason. Fortnum and Mason mm. uh, English breakfast tea is, is Hyacinth's favorite. Okay. All right. So the opening credits are ending. okay back to the actual game how are we going to play this so through the course of solving the mystery the mavens can use a set of basic moves that we will explain when we encounter them for the first time essentially the players will be stating what they want to do i will tell them what happens if they fail they can reconsider and then if they decide to proceed they roll 2d6s with the appropriate modifiers on their character sheets So we fade in on a slow pan of the interior of Hyacinth's home. What is it like in there? And for us viewers, what is her maven move? Um, I think her place is is chock full of, it's like stuffed with things. Um, There's Mm -hmm. a thing on every surface. And it's, it's all very clearly like somebody thought very carefully about what the 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 grand themes were of the of this place but not paid too much attention to the details so it's like you know there's books there's tchotchkes we've got lots of tchotchkes like all the tchotchkes you can imagine oh amazing uh but yeah just everywhere and there's always a hot kettle of water on for uh for the tea that she keeps in one of her in her smallest cabinet um but yeah hyacinth's maven move is the fox molder which is <clears throat> <laughs> Someone connected to the Dark Conspiracy is helping you behind the scenes. Tell the Keeper that the thresholds for each layer of the Dark Conspiracy are reduced by one void clue. Damn. Once per mystery, you can have a secret meeting with this informant who is always shrouded in darkness and unidentifiable. You need only describe what the scene looks like, the location, physical environment, how the mysterious person arrives on screen, etc. But the actual conversation happens off screen. Uh, you take a bonus to your next dice roll. Equal to the number of void clues discovered during the relevant mystery. Uh, and then the informant will only f- fully reveal themselves during the void mystery, at which point you can have normal scenes with them. No two mavens can Ooh, have this move at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's a whole... Your maven move is a whole ass new character. 
Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That well, rules. eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, in Hyacinth's home, we come across a set of picture frames. Can you tell us about your deceased partner, your children, and or pets? Yeah. Um, if you have any. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Hyacinth, there's a photo of a man from before she, you know, retired to a life, an idyllic life uh, somewhere in on the northern northern side of America, northwestern side of America. <laughs> uh, she, uh, yeah, she was a private eye. She always worked alone till one day she didn't. Oh, wow. She uh, came across this striking figure uh, at a bar where she was drinking a drinking a whiskey and smoking inside, naturally. Oof. Wearing suspenders, the whole thing, you know, you got it. Wow. And uh, a man bought her a drink, started chatting her up. They realized they're in the same line of work. He, wow. uh, they worked together. They happened to see each other on a number of cases and then eventually started, decided that, they would uh, go into business together. Awesome. But oh. tragically, he left that line of work by death. Oh. At some point. <laughs> he left <laughs> that line of work by death? Uh, I'm really figuring this out as I'm saying it. This is like... <laughs> I love that phrase, though. He left by death. Yeah. That's actually a lot of characters in this game. Yeah. <laughs> so don't so, worry. <laughs> and, and Hyacinth, you know, it was sort of a mystery. It was unclear whether it was an accident or not. Hyacinth wow. tried to get to the bottom of it, but she couldn't. And so she left. What was his name? We'll call him uh, Joseph Tornafort. Joseph Tornafort. Yeah. Wow. I once love you, that. Once you Google Hyacinth, it will make sense. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, do you have any pets or, or anything like that? Uh, no, I think Hyacinth has like a cat. I think I think one one very dumb uh, black cat. Okay. Suspiciously dumb for a black cat. Fantastic. As we get to the end of the picture frames, the final one is of you practicing your career before you move to Brindlewood Bay. What are you doing in that photo? It's taken. The photo's taken at the same bar. Hyacinth is just sitting. Sitting at the bar, there's smoke everywhere. She's smoking, cigarettes dangling from her lips. She's got a glass of whiskey in one hand. Her feet are up on the table. She's relaxing hard. Love it. Love her. That's such a great image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so your home is your cozy little place. And at this point, I'd like, like to ask Shannon to tell us about a portable item that you can find in this house and that what Hyacinth is going to be taking with her today. Yes. So in Hyacinth's house, if you open up, so above that small little cabinet where she uh, keeps her tea kettle, there is a larger cabinet. And if you were to open that larger cabinet and then it wiggle the shelf a little bit, it opens up a trap door. Behind that, did you just put is, a trap door in my house? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. This is also me buying time to figure out what exactly. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That is so awesome. There's a trap door. And so you open the trap door and in there is just a unremarkable snow globe. But I don't, I mean, it's unremarkable to the naked eye. It's a snow globe and the scene inside the snow globe is two children building a snowman man <laughs> okay all right uh, and i'll let i'll let hyacinth tell us about the significance of that yeah the snow globe <laughs> room obviously yeah uh <clears throat> hyacinth uh you know had when when she bought her house she realized it was in there because whoever owned the house before her 
needed this the room for some reason. The snow globe was already in there, like when she bought it. Mm. So she, when when she has when she's when and she doesn't show the snow globe room to most people. So you know. When she showed it to Max, the day she showed it to Maxine, it was like, you know, this is their relationship going to the next level. They'd had a couple of wild glasses of tea. They were feeling it. And Hyacinth was wild like, Wild glasses of tea. Hyacinth was like, Yo, I got to show you something. Check this shit out. Uh, and were, yeah, I took they, her to the snow globe room. There's nothing, there's, it's just, it's just a snow globe on a table. There's nothing else in there because Hyacinth hasn't figured out what to put in there. There's no theme, there's no tchotchkes. But whenever she needs to plan something, that's what she uses for her as her war room that's so funny because hyacinth takes the snow globe and puts it in her purse whoa all right well (laughs) um for everyone else that is watching and or listening the items in their cozy little places can be used as advantage if narratively used in the scene so uh you're gonna have that in your inventory and not, not a knife, Shannon. N- not like a. Listen, you never map. know. <laughs> not a you compass. never know when someone's never looking know. for a snow globe. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, also in your cozy little place, I will bestow upon you a ball of yarn, sturdy Ooh. yarn, like sturdy, expensive yarn. Next, we cut to Maxine's house. What's it like in there, and what is your Maven move? Yes. So Maxine's house is uh, looks like it was like a little bit of a fixer upper. You know, Maxine moved to Brindlewood Bay not too long ago after a long storied career in Hollywood. So what you see are actually still some boxes that have yet to be unpacked. But of course, as we saw in the opening, her awards are displayed as are her dresses that she wore to award shows are also (laughs) like on mannequins like strewn about different rooms as if she like has her own like planet (laughs) hollywood within her home wow cool (laughs) and her maven move this is really interesting her maven move is r quincy which is you have a medical background describe it well you see maxine mabel (laughs) (laughs) is most known for her famous role. So she had the titular role in the medical, long-running medical drama, Sarah M.D. Uh, And for that role, she actually did a lot of studying of the medical field. Does she officially have an M.D.? No, but she did play a doctor on TV for a very (laughs) long time. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for this uh, to be used later in the game. My goodness. (laughs) As before, we sweep across the picture frames in your house. Uh, Tell us about a deceased partner, kids if you had them, and or pets. Um, So very distinctly, you'll see are all these tabloid cutouts of her with various men over the years. It seems to be her very highly public uh, relationships, a couple marriages. Though none of them are deceased, she normally dated a lot younger uh, so they're all, <laughs> they're all alive and kicking, but they all ended either in divorce or, you know, a mutual split planned by a publicist. Fantastic. No kids. No kids. <laughs> Decidedly no kids. No kids. <laughs> no kids. And what are you doing in the final photo? That is your career photo. So that photo, you see her on set in the series finale where, um, she finally 
gets to talk to the other protagonist who has been in a coma the entire series. (laughs) And so she's just imagined what he's like and he wakes up. So it's that scene where he's waking up and uh, they fall there. Well, she's already in love with him, uh, but he also is in love with her. (laughs) Damn. So Bijan, I'm going to ask you, what is a portable item you would find in Maxine's cozy little place? Yeah. So, you know, what's really interesting is um, there's a trap door in uh, Maxine's closet. (laughs) It's weirdly kind of identical to the one in Hyacinth's house. Uh, because whoever built whoever owned the house before really needed a place to go uh when they wanted to not be found um so yeah you know in the back of a closet there's a hatch on the ground you go down a ladder or some stairs you know you go down some stairs and on the table there's a snow globe (laughs) (laughs) no there's not a snow globe there's not a snow globe i'm not gonna give you a fucking snow globe (laughs) No. no uh there's nothing in the room except for uh how about a like a like a go bag filled with typical go bag stuff <laughs> she already kind of has a medical bag in her inventory okay fine um hmm. so let me think let me think smaller. let me think uh okay uh, yeah it's hard on the spot <laughs> uh yeah no i think what's in there is just like a just an absolutely fucking massive travel mug Like insulated and shit. Like it could keep liquids cold or very hot for a very long time. That is amazing. That is good. That's good. Why is it in there? Nobody knows. (laughs) Weirdly, it came with the house. (laughs) We have to get in contact with the contractors who built these houses. I I know. Maybe the whole neighborhood is like this. It's all Rick Jones work, man. Oh, man. Rick Jones. He moved to Brindlewood Bay in his retirement. (laughs) Okay, and my keeper's gift to you, I bestow in your cozy little place. If it's not already in your medical bag, this is actually something you like to wear around town. It is your stethoscope from the show. Ooh. Uh, An accessory scope. I like it. Okay. As you don your stethoscope around your neck uh, and close up your purse with your giant travel mug. The screen splits into two to show both of you closing up your bags simultaneously and walking out your respective doors. In the geography of Brindlewood Bay, do you both live near each other or what what kinds of neighborhoods are you living in? I think we're neighbors. Yeah, we're neighbors. But who just never really knew each other. It's like, you know, different schedules, you can see them coming and going at different times of day, always just missing each other. Yeah. It's a big town, but it's a small town, but it's a big town. That was until one day I was on my porch reading an Amanda Delacourt gold crown mystery. My favorite book, a role I I wish I could have played, but no Hollywood producer would allow me to play it. Um, And I saw a hyacinth across the way also reading an Amanda Delacourt novel. And I said, huh, and then a friendship bloomed from there where we just read the books together. And now we solve crimes. <laughs> Super cute. <laughs> and how do you two get around town? It's a small town. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. Hyacinth has a has a, a mint condition jalopy that she just drives around. Woo! <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's an extravagant thing. Actually, maybe maybe she drives around a little Japanese toy truck. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I love. Yeah, no, she has she's a, she has a K truck. Uh, and a jalopy, but she she tools oh. around in her little K truck. She is so many vibes. I love this. 
Okay, so you both are heading down to the town square. Um, okay. So hey. you're you're going. You're heading downtown. You're in the car. What is this in the glove compartment, Hyacinth? Well, you know, I keep that thing on me. <laughs> it's a gun. It's a gun. Yeah, that's that's from my old line of work. You know, I used to be a detective, a private <sighs> eye, because I could never get along with Johnny Law. <sighs> I know, I know. You've told me this, but thousands I'm always, of times. I'm always so thrown back when I see things like this, like a gun or you know, a big magnifying glass. A lady's always got to have a gun and a magnifying glass. That's what they tell you in detective school. <laughs> I know, and. And it's great for our line of work now, you know, solving mysteries. Hey, this is a hobby. I don't do this professionally anymore. Yeah, well, for me, it's a second calling. By the way, do you have the tickets? Yes, I do. The tickets to the thing. I told you I'd get them. Oh, good. Um, And to even out your inventories, Hyacinth, you do a double take at the magnifying glass and the gun. Do you actually take one of them with you? Oh, yeah. Hyacinth takes both and drops them in her bag. You may now add them to your cozy little place inventory. It's a very, very tiny pistol, like a very small. (laughs) (laughs) I love that even in this cozy little game, Bijan somehow figures out how to to be violent. Yeah, How to get a pistol. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I did kind of gift it to you. You did. That wasn't even me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Hyacinth is side eyeing as uh, she, you know, slips these two things uh, somewhat obviously into her purse. And we're going to take this opportunity to cut to commercial. This is also very much part of the game. We'll do this twice every session. You can expect it when something dramatic happens um, later on. But for you two, what kind of commercial would air during Brindlewood Bay? I'm actually going to set a physical timer for 30 seconds. And I'm going to call on Shannon to just start the commercial. Go. Go. As citizens, we're tired of government taking our money. And that's why we've created Alpha. Alpha's the first cryptocurrency that you can use to pay your taxes. Yeah, it's the the one the government accepts. Uh, We built it with a very strong AI uh, and lots of research from people. Alpha, you, we definitely won't go bankrupt. Buy Alpha today. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like, I feels like this cryptocurrency will be predatory based on when it's, uh, when it's showing. (laughs) Hey there, it's me, Bijan, back to do yet another ad. But before I get to the selling you something, I just want to say thanks for listening to our show. It takes a lot of work, but it's worth it because of you, dear listener. Yes, you specifically who's listening to this right now. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, here's the sell. The earth is getting warmer because it's being destroyed by corporations and the wealthy people who run them. You've noticed it, haven't you? The unseasonable seasons, the creeping dread. That feeling when you're up at the witching hour that there's something slow and inexorable coming for you in the night? No? Well, that's how I feel. 
And one thing that's helped assuage those feelings is finding stuff I like online. One thing that's really cool is the Fun City Ventures Patreon. Yes, that's right. For a few bucks a month, you get to support the podcast, get a ton of bonus content, and also get access to our banging Discord server. The other thing I'm supposed to sell you on is our merch, which you can find by searching Fun City on Cotton Bureau. But I don't really feel like I have to sell that because guys, it's fucking good. I wear my Henley the Bentley sweatshirt literally everywhere. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash funcityventures. Buy a shirt. Stave off the inevitable dark for just a little while longer. Fun City, it's a show. You like it. You listen to it. Support us. We fade into the seashore of Brindlewood Bay. The sound of seagulls in the distance. Gentle waves lap onto the rocky shore. We pan across a selection of houseboats in the marina. You two are approaching the pier where a line is forming. It's a mix of locals and tourists looking to escape for the afternoon. You have tickets to a brunch cruise. Ooh. Yeah. And so it sounded like Hyacinth obtained the tickets. So how did you get the tickets? There are only 20 available every weekend and they're always sold out. Oh, Hyacinth did some detective work to get the tickets. Obviously, she mm. uh, she staked out the house of the person who, who had the tickets and was selling the tickets on behalf of uh, the <laughs> cruising company and just followed them to work. So she was the first one in. <laughs> she walked in right behind the person. Just right in, sat down. For, forget about Ticketmaster lines. You have to stake out who's selling the tickets. You have to make them feel just a little bit unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it's a small town, so each of you recognizes someone in the line. Let's go with Maxine. Who do you know in the line? What is your relationship to them? And uh, tell me a little bit about them. Sure. So Maxine immediately recognizes the woman who works at the salon uh, that she goes to get her hair done every week at, which is a lot. It's um, Genevieve. Is there anything notable about her? Like, what's she wearing? How old is she? Yes. So Genevieve is around the same age as as Hyacinth and Maxine. And something a little quirky about her is running the salon isn't her first job in Brindlewood Bay. She's kind of like someone who like every two or three years starts a new career. So she has owned the bakery. She's owned the supermarket. She's owned, you know, like the car repair shop. She's just like constantly switching careers. But she's a very kind lady. So would you say hi to her? Uh, yes. Genevieve. Oh, Maxine. Genevieve, I'm so glad you were able to get tickets to this cruise as well. Yes, it's so hard to get these tickets. Oh, yes, thankfully, I have a connection. Oh, that's me, dearie. <laughs> yes, Hyacinth, you know her. She, When she puts her mind to something, she won't stop till she gets it. You just have to make them feel a little unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have brunch with all of you. <laughs> uh, I'm excited, too. I hope they have vegan scramble because I'm off eggs. Wow. Uh, well, I hope they have eggs. L line like this. 
food could go quick. I'll start scoping out the best positions to take. Okay, don't threaten anyone, though. Right? I, I don't. Th- I don't threaten. You stare. Mostly, I stare. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll see you on there. See you, Genevieve. Nice to meet you, Jen. Okay, now Hyacinth, what about you? Do you recognize anyone else in the line? Um, yeah, Hyacinth notices Isabel, uh, who is the woman who runs the bookstore. Brindlewood Bay Books, BBB, Triple B, as the locals know it. Right, <laughs> Maxine? Yes. <laughs> uh, but no, I don't I don't think she would. She doesn't know her well enough to say hello. Can you tell me a little bit more about her, what she looks like? Oh, yeah. She's oh, yeah. Isabel is like, she's in her like early 40s. She um, She's the kind of person who whose life's dream was to own a bookstore in a small town on the water. God, cute. So she's she's really, you know, big glasses, long, long hair, uh, long dresses. You know, you, you, she's not married. She's, she's owning the bookstore. She has excellent taste in books. And I think the other thing people around the Bay know her for is her dinner parties. Oh, how cute. Oh, my God. Throws dinner parties. This is... So great. So you don't really know her well enough to say hi. No, no. She's all, I mean, see her. Heisen has always wanted to get invited to one of these dinner parties and maybe figures now's her chance to like try and really do that. But, you know, she's 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 going to play it cool and make sure she has the upper hand. <laughs> um, so some time passes. You're in the line. It's pleasantly warm out and you reach the front. The concierge holds up a megaphone and presses the, you know, the whoop siren button to get everyone's attention and he gives a wide smile senior citizens or uh residents uh guests <laughs> we are beginning final boarding on the ss frying lunchman a proud member of the mr excellent fleet of premier entertainment ships please have your tickets out and hold onto the handrails as you step onto the gangway we look forward to hosting you today and his name tag reads Zoa, as Z-O-A. He's wearing a maroon uniform with orange egg yolk looking buttons and a matching naval officer's hat. He's younger than everyone boarding the boat. He's maybe in his late 30s. And just kind of like a curtain, his smile drops, you know, into a tired exhale as he takes your tickets. You hear him whisper, well, let's hope we get through this today. Excuse me, dearie. Uh, yes, ma'am. You guys have eggs here? Oh, plenty, plenty of eggs. Good to know. Thank you. But do you also have not eggs, vegan eggs? Oh, certainly, madam. We do. <laughs> oh, this frying lunchman cruise is bound to be a success. <laughs> uh, he closes the gate as the last person boards the ship. He signals to the dock workers to withdraw the gangplank, and he hurries off somewhere else on the boat. So you're on the deck, admiring the late morning sun. It's about, you know, 11.30 in the morning. Uh, tell me, do you two like boats? Yeah, Hyacinth has a, has a good relationship with boats, uh, given she's, she's been on a couple chases on boats. She's reminiscing about the good old days when her knees didn't hurt quite as much. Uh, Maxine, on the other hand, thought she liked boats, but she's really only been on, like, mega yachts and cruise lines. <laughs> so so this boat is, is a little shaky for her taste. It is a mega yacht. It is a mega yacht. Did we say we established that? I'm going to. I'm about to. Okay. <laughs> she's only been on ultra mega yachts. So... 
because she's only been on cruise lines and ultra mega yachts, this one's a little bit smaller than she's used to. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, the boat itself, the SS Frying Lunchman, is an A-class hybrid power mega yacht <laughs> meant for open ocean travel. It was custom built by Manacraft in the Netherlands. It measures 196 feet long and 34 feet across. Its capacity is 25 people, including the captain and the crew. So you both are currently standing on the stern or the rear of the boat. And from here, you can either visit the sun deck the outdoor bar, which is at the bow or the front of the ship, or the indoor lounge. Um, where is the food? It will be in the indoor lounge and dining area. Uh, I think Hyacinth makes a beeline for the indoor lounge. And Maxine... <laughs> she's, she's hungry. And Maxine <laughs> right. follows behind because she doesn't want to get lost. Okay. As you enter the lounge, you meet Zoa again. He now has a white napkin draped over his forearm, and he presents a silver tray to you. Canapé, miss. And he says uh, they're goat cheese tarts with fresh chive and locally caught sea urchin. Oh, don't mind if I do. Any eggs in this? Not at all. Oh, wonderful. And Maxine so, picks one. So, Maxine, I didn't ask, but what's with the eggs? Why are you off of them? Did you get bitten? <laughs> Did I get bitten by an egg? Yes. No. <laughs> Have you been bitten by an egg, Hyacinth? No. I, no. No, Maxine. No, I've not been bitten by an egg. I simply do not like them. <laughs> <laughs> and how long were you eating eggs before you, you found out you didn't like them? That's really interesting that you say that. I've been eating eggs for 65 years, and I just last week realized, hmm, I don't think I like this very much. <laughs> well, congratulations to you for making such... A, a big change because I, you know, if it were me, I would have just kept eating them. I mean, 65 years, like how much you got left, you know? I'm always telling you, you need to live each day like it's your first day because the rest of your life is ahead of you. I think, yeah, I think mathematically that works out. Yeah. Although <laughs> I did hear <laughs> how you spend your days is how you spend your life. Um, you hear the crackle of the ship's speaker system, almost kind of like a walkie talkie goes. <laughs> Zoa looks confused and says, excuse me, ladies, and rushes off. You eat your snacks and you're taking a walk around the lounge area, which is also the dining room. You look around and there are a few high top cocktail tables near you. In the center of the room, there's a large dining table, probably center cut from a redwood tree. Ooh. It's set for brunch with baskets of bread and butter. What else about this room makes it feel like luxurious and high class? Uh, there's a giant chandelier above the Ooh. table. That's is that real crystal? I think it is. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, it's real crystal. You can tell by uh, the way the light prisms uh, look on the ground here. Um, but forget that. I mean, what's this candle? Ooh. Oh, it smells so oh, good. Oh yeah, is it a giant candle? <laughs> it's just nice candles, you know. Nice candles, <laughs> yes. The $70 candles. Ah. Um, you hear the speaker system crackle again. This is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard the SS Frying Lunchman. The crew and I look forward to warm weather and serving a pleasant brunch to you shortly. You'll be joined by our very own sea star, Aster Idia. And on the starboard side of the ship, inside of the lounge where you are, there is a small 10-foot stage. Aster makes a curtsy and does a little tap dance as her player piano twinkles a few keys on the baby grand piano. 
She wears a maroon sequin gown, like Jessica Rabbit would, and her long black hair is teased out like a diva. Later on, as we sail the circumference of Brindlewood Bay, we invite you to enjoy a drink with Yella at the bow. And you can see uh, a male figure salute and wave behind a semi-transparent shade that has been pulled down to cover the front window because there's a lot of glare. Or you can take a dip in the jacuzzi on the sun deck. And uh, I think it's Genevieve that kind of makes eye contact with both of you at the mention of the jacuzzi. Like, she gets excited uh, when there's mention of the jacuzzi. Maxine whispers to, um, to Hyacinth, do you know, when one, of, one of Genevieve's many jobs was she installed jacuzzis. So she has quite an affinity for them. Jacuzzi install? You know, I never would have guessed. I know. Jack that, of all a, trades. That's a that's a jack that's a jack of all trades. Certainly a master of none. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. She's bad at her job. <laughs> yes. But we love her for it, don't we? <laughs> okay. The captain continues. Restrooms are located stern side on every floor. Should you need the facilities, our journey takes us thirty minutes outside of the bay, around the island, and we'll have you back on shore in time for early supper. For now, please find your seats. You go around the table and look for your place card, and I've made a seating chart for you. Oh, you were—you weren't kidding about a seating chart. I'm you not actually. kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, so yeah, I made a. A seating chart for you, and that is what you rolled. So it's in your in their chat now in Astral Plane. Oh yes. So you can see uh, you both rolled a ten and an eleven. So Hyacinth is at the head of the table. Oh wow! That's right. On the stern side. So that's uh, toward the entrance that you came in. Maxine, you're actually sitting next to her on the corner. And you are facing the stage. Mm. Fantastic. Isabel is a seat away from Maxine. Mm. And Genevieve uh, is all the way on the other side of the table, um, you know, a few seats from the end. Uh, so you can't really talk to her, but you can definitely see her. Um, and now you can see the layout of the room, which uh. is very cool. <laughs> I, I thought about this for a very long time. <laughs> I, can tell. I love it. Uh, okay. So now you know where you're sitting. All of the shades lower down as the stage lights up. And Aster says, hit it. And her player piano starts a jazzy little tune. And she does a lot of, you know, humming exposition like Celine Dion or Mariah Carey would. You know, the, you know, that kind of fancy, <laughs> fancy vocalization. Uh, she also starts scatting, but tastefully like Ella Fitzgerald you know that really really cool um, so what did you order for brunch you can order anything you want on this boat Maxine what did you order um, Maxine ordered um, despite making a big hubbub about needing a vegan scramble uh she actually uh, orders french toast not knowing <laughs> that this this meal obviously has eggs in it but uh it, to her it really just doesn't cross her mind i think hyacinth is just gonna go for a classic like salmon eggs benedict just like an eggs benedict Ooh. with a little bit of wow. smoked salmon 
She's studiously not going to mention what's in French toast. <laughs> yes, it's best to not. Awesome. So Zoa brings you your dishes. The salmon eggs Benedict is on homemade thick uh, English muffins. The salmon is lightly cured with like beet juice on the edges. So there's this nice like maroon tint on it. It has dill. It's super fresh. Uh, Maxine's French toast is thick cut brioche with like a hint of what? Cardamom in the custard. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So you're enjoying your brunch. And uh, Yella, who is the bartender you have not seen yet, uh, he is a ruggedly handsome man of his early 60s. He's got um, this salt and pepper beard really closely cropped to his chin that you can see is pointing out. He's very cut, you know. Uh, He looks like he can lift stuff. (laughs) And despite him wearing a collared maroon tuxedo shirt, you can see that he has some tattoos that kind of peek out around his neck and around his wrists. You can see that he's heavily tattooed through the shirt, sort of. (laughs) But he enters with a tray of blood orange bellinis and he offers to one to Aster and she she obliges by the stage. Um, There are also bottles of champagne on the table. Do either of you partake? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they like they like drinking more than just tea. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. You pour it. It's a Prosecco. Nicely bubbly and sweet. Lovely. Um, You also see Zoa going around with a tray of shrimp cocktail. He offers one to Aster between the songs. She also wipes her forehead with a maroon handkerchief. Um, Interesting. It feels like, Hyacinth, uh, someone might be playing footsie with you. Ooh. But you look under the table and you don't see anybody's feet near you. But you swear someone was playing footsie with you. Hmm. Uh, Hyacinth, uh, gives a sharp kick or just in the same space. You don't hear anything. Hmm. Must have been the wind. Maxine, uh, something falls out of your bag, uh, out of your medical kit, like a pack of band-aids. It just falls out. Oh, did I? Well, how did that fall over? Huh? Sorry. Uh, I I guess I should. uh, Zoa walks over and offers to pick it up and hands it to you and goes, Enjoying the champagne, miss. <sighs> yes, I was hoping it would maybe take the edge off of my little bit of seasickness I'm feeling. But I'm finding that drinking alcohol and seasickness do not go together. Ah, do you think you'll need some Dramamine? Ah, uh, that's a great idea. And she rustles through her bag and takes some Dramamine. He bows and uh, goes off uh, clearing dishes and refilling drinks and stuff like that. So you finish your delicious brunch. You are stuffed. Wow. Aster says, please give it up for your chef and my twin sister, Chin Idea. And she uh, gestures over to the corner of the room where the bathroom hallway merges with the galley. So a meek-looking woman leans out from behind the galley wall and reluctantly waves. Uh, She's wearing a maroon chef coat and tight pants. Her long black hair is pulled back into a bun under a maroon handkerchief wrapped around her head, and she winces at the spotlight. She's kind of like trying to push it physically away from her. She doesn't like it. Aster continues. My esteemed guests, while we clear your plates and prepare your dessert course, won't you join me for a dance? 
The player piano starts to emit a jaunty tune. Do you get up and head to the dance floor? Absolutely not. <clears throat> That's okay. No. Maxine does go, and she's like, come on, Hyacinth. I'm feeling the champagne. Let's dance. Oh, have fun out there. Don't hurt your hips. <laughs> and Maxine goes, knowing that Hyacinth will never join. So Genevieve happily jumps onto the dance floor with you. She's uh, starting the electric slide. <laughs> and and, sorry, and with this, uh, Maxine remembers that one of Genevieve's many careers was uh, DJ. Uh, so no wonder <laughs> she knows all the dance uh, floor hits. Um, Isabel is also sitting at the table drinking a champagne. She pushes, I'm going to say she has glasses. She like pushes her glasses up quietly and is just kind of nicely turned around in her seat watching the dance floor. So Aster is singing. It's great. The melody kicks off. Aster is pumping her fist to the beat. She opens her mouth to sing, but makes a confused face. She smiles. She's trying to shake it off. She coughs a little bit, uh, trying to cough inside her elbow, and she takes a drink of the Bellini and tries to recompose herself, and the music is still going. She shuts her eyes to concentrate, but when she holds the microphone up to her mouth to sing, no sound comes out. <gasps> the piano starts to play out of tune. <gasps> Red foam pours out of her mouth. <gasps> she touches it and looks at it in horror. She drops the microphone, and she tries to scream, but there's just more bright red foam. Her lips oh. and limbs start to turn blue, and her body drops from the spotlight. <gasps> Let's cut to commercial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. I have a 30-second timer, and now, Bijan, you have to start the commercial yeah, this time. Um, <clears throat> uh, give me one second. Get your degree at Brindlewood Bay. <laughs> That's a joke. Brindlewood Bay is the show you're watching. No, but this is about a community college. And sure, this community college isn't Brindlewood Bay, but it's got lots of great things like a library. A quarterback. Four walls. And food. Community college at Twin Peaks University. It's normal. And we will surely not go bankrupt. Ever. <laughs> okay, very dramatic moment just happened. <laughs> that was rough. This is part. This is part of the game. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> um. Okay. So we're back in the lounge. We're just cutting right back into the action. Aster has just collapsed. We're in slow motion. How do you react? Where are each of you, and what are you doing? I think they're still sitting at the table. She sees this. Sighs and then finishes her drink. This is happening in slow motion, so you're like, <sighs> All right, what about Maxine? Maxine is in the dance floor about to like, you know, is shaking her hips. And as it happens, she has this look of shock on her face as she goes and puts her arm out to block Genevieve's view of what's happening because it's so horrific. That's pretty gruesome. Um, so we're out of slow motion. You hear multiple screams. It's still daylight outside. So it's peeking through the shades. Uh, the lights are back on and Yella, the bartender, is huffing and puffing. He's standing by the light switch and flipping on more controls to open the shades. And the speaker system crackles. You hear the captain. What's happening? What happened? And you hear 
a struggle over the speakers. Um, and the microphone whines with interference and makes you want to cover your ears. Ugh! Suddenly, the boat that was merrily on its way just past the outer coast of Brindlewood Bay comes to a dead stop. You are all caught off guard and you fall to the floor. I was already sitting down. <laughs> you fall out of your chair. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Oh my goodness. Um, you're all lightly bobbing up and down the waves. You can hear several of the light fixtures swing as they too were surprised to stop. The floorboards below you creak. No one moves. You're all too confused and too scared to do anything. Zoa comes running into the room. He is out of breath. He looks around hurriedly and he goes to Astrid's body and feels her neck for a pulse. She's dead. Yeah, we, we got there. Thank you. Let me uh, take this from here. Seen a lot of stuff like this in my day, back when I was a younger woman. Behind you, Chin faints. She was standing at the entrance of the galley, and she faints on top of the dessert cart that she was about to roll into the room. And Mavens, your task is to find out who murdered the scintillating songstress at sea. The camera pans from Isabel to Genevieve. To Maxine's shocked face. And to Hyacinth. Hyacinth has lit a cigarette. <laughs> She's smoking in this one. <laughs> Where did she get it from? We sudden, don't know. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden yeah. Hyacinth is like deep in like a, a yeah, detective like noir film. <laughs> Perfect. And then the camera goes to the dead face of Aster. It zooms out. It zooms further outside the boat, where it still sits in the ocean. Up, up above, you can see a committee of vultures circling overhead. now leaving Brindlewood Bay. Thanks for listening. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. This episode was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York and Los Angeles, California. It was produced by me, Jen De La Vega. It was edited and sound designed by Mike Rignetta and Sam Grant. Pixel Riffs is our leading witness at the moment, but we need to squeeze him a bit more to find the murderer. 